WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Running away from people now, 20, 10, and gone. Moniel, 67-yard touchdown run. I've got reporters' <laughs> notebooks older than Seth. Fati was always soft. Can't uh, win on the road, they say. <laughs> DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown and the ball game. DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. This is Orange Nation brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fontes. We welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We've got a couple of guests lined up for you, both here in hour number one. Our good friend Damon Dillman from WCAV in Charlottesville, Virginia, set to join us at 12.15 as we preview the Orange and the Cavs set for 4 p.m. tomorrow night down there at John Paul Jones Arena. And then coming up at 12.30, we'll speak with Coach Q as we do at 12.30 every Friday. Your phone calls welcome at any time, 315-437-7644. Before we get into basketball, before we get into this matchup with Virginia to start the show, I, I I have to start by giving you an update, Seth, on our ongoing vending machine drama here. Oh at, yeah, at Galaxy. I noticed you so, had something here. Yeah, so for so for those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that at some point during the 2-hour show that we do, I usually take a break during one of the commercials and I have a little snack, right? Because it's a long time to go from whenever I get up and have breakfast, 8 o'clock, 8.30, whatever the case may be, until 2.30. So I like You're to getting have, up early for breakfast. I like to have a little, uh, well, I don't get up for breakfast, but I'm well, up. You're getting up early. And so I bre- eat. I'm not getting up that early, okay. is my point. <laughs> I see. So in any event, it's a long time to go from breakfast to lunch. So I usually have a snack. And I'm not a candy guy. I don't really love candy bars. And so I always eye the peanut butter crackers. There's usually peanut butter crackers, cheese crackers in this vending machine. You know this awfully well. Well, the the crackers get stuck. They're too tall for the vending machine. So when you order them, more than half the time they get stuck. So it's caused quite a a dilemma here for me. And I know that some of our listeners have suggested, why don't you just go to Wegmans and buy like a box of them? And I guess I'm too lazy for that. I like to go to the vending machine during the commercial when I want them. And let you get up and stretch the legs. I get it. I mean, I, I got my water bottle here and I, for some reason, did not fill it up before the show. So, I, so I'll get up and stretch my legs first break. So I've been I've been having this ongoing problem, right? Where I go to the vending machine, half the time the, the crackers come out, half the time they don't. I end up buying, you know, two crackers. I really only want one. Um, well, they got to the point here where they, they stopped putting the peanut butter crackers in the vending machine, the cheese crackers for that matter as well. They replaced them with some well-known candy bars. I don't want candy bars. I want crackers. In any event, last night we had the television version of Orange Nation. Mike Waters was out of town. Brent Axe was filling in. Brennack says, Steve, do I have something for you? On the air or off the no, air? No, off okay. the air. As soon as I saw him, my face lit up. He brought me a box of peanut butter crackers. There's there's like eight packages in them. So come to find out that he bought them for his daughter to put in her lunches at school, his daughter Sophie. 
She didn't like him. She doesn't want him. And so he gave him to me. So <laughs> problem solved for the next couple of weeks. I'm good to go. So I'm, I'm happy go. today. I've got my peanut butter crackers. Those of you watching us on Twitch, you can see that, A, my headphones have been have, have broken. Yeah, what's what's uh, going on here? I, you're I don't holding know. I, your... When we get to the commercial, I was, I was wondering if you were just like playing old-time DJ, holding the... No, no, no. You know, doing that thing where you like hold it up to your ear? <laughs> no, I'm having a headphone issue. Uh Something is not right. I'll figure it out during the commercial. So those of you watching on Twitch can see that my headphones are broken and that I have the uh, the peanut butter crackers in hand. I'm good to go. I've got my now, snack covered for today and for the next week and a half or so. Now, Brent's been on a little bit of a run here recently. He's been getting everybody in the office gifts. And by everybody, I mean he got Polly a mug for Christmas and he got Rick a mug for Christmas or his birthday. I don't really remember which one. And he got me a water bottle for my birthday. And... Uh, Rick Diulio, our friend from TK99, uses his his Rangers mug that that Brent got him. Paulie is like refusing to use his Steelers cup. Uh, just doesn't use it. Walks around with like his plastic cup from from his his morning coffee that he just rinses out and refills, which I'd imagine isn't very good because then you're like pouring soda into the cup that has the coffee in it, and you're probably still getting a little of that coffee taste. Maybe he likes it. So I, I don't know if that's very good. Um. And I just haven't washed the cup yet, so I haven't gotten around to using it. Uh, here's here's being a 26-year-old kid. Um, I put my dishwasher on on Sunday night, still have not emptied it. <laughs> so so I'll get to it eventually. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Did, uh, did you just call yourself a 26-year-old kid? Yeah. 26 years old, Seth. It's time to be an adult All right, now. fine. Uh, 26 year Empty old single, the dishwasher. 26-year-old single guy living alone. All right, uh, fair I, enough. I ran my dishwasher on Sunday and haven't really had dinner at home since, so I haven't had to worry about you know cleaning dishes. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> but uh, I'll get around to it, but uh, Brent is very upset. That that Polly Polly specifically is not using his mug. Well, Brent can can rest and easy. Now he got your, that your I am absolutely using my gift, <laughs> um, and I think it was by accident. I don't think he went out and purchased peanut butter crackers for me. It sounds like he he bought them for his daughter. But hey, if she doesn't want them, I'll gladly take them. So I've got a birthday coming up next month, Brent. If you're listening, and if you would like to buy me another box of the peanut butter crackers, I'd uh, I'd gladly eat them. So I'm, I'm good to go with my snack today. We do have Damon Dillman coming up here in about 10 minutes from now as, as we preview Syracuse, Virginia. And you, you mentioned this to me before the show, so I guess let's have this be our, our jumping off point. You said, is this the less, last best chance for Syracuse to salvage the season? I assume you mean that there are, are four teams that have separated themselves from the pack in the ACC, and this is the most, is this the most winnable in your mind of the remaining four? Well, it's the most winnable, and if you if you don't win, now you've lost three in a row. Now you, you get BC at home before you play uh, two of the teams that you've lost to already, but now you're going to go play them on the road rather than at home. So it, it feels like you've got to turn the tide. It feels like you've got to really make a move here. And given that you've lost to these two teams, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, that you don't have a good win on your resume just yet, um, and that you've you've started to pile up a lot of losses, it feels like you've got to go ahead and eventually win some games. And uh, you're running out of time to say eventually. You know, to me, it feels like you're running out of time to say, "Well, we'll get to it." You know, at some point, you need to it's win. Getting late and, early, as right, they say. Yeah, yeah. As, as Yogi Berra yeah. says, it's it's getting late early out there. You you've got to go ahead and win some games. You've got to go ahead and find a quality win on your schedule. Uh, you know, balance out some of the losses that you've had. Not that any of them are terrible losses, um, but you know, none of them are against. You know, some some of them are against uh, quadrant three teams as as the standings sit right now. So. 
you've got to win some games, and you've got to win some games against uh, a decent team or two to make up for some of the losses. And this seems like the best chance to get one of those wins. I mean, Virginia's not a not a juggernaut. They certainly aren't offensively. They can't score right now, and Braxton Key may or may not be playing. Uh, you know, they they have their issues. Yeah, they're really good defensively, but they can't score. Uh, you know, you, you lost that game in in the season opener, um, not because of your defense. You lost that game because you scored 34 points. And and if you were just kind of bad offensively and you scored 52, you win. I mean, th- I think that's how you have that's to look BC at this game. what BC did the other night. BC right. scored 60 and won by 7. Right. It, they weren't great offensively, and they won that game. So I, I think that you have to look at this game and say Syracuse has an opportunity. It's, it's their next best opportunity. And realistically, I think it's kind of their last best chance. Because if you lose that, all of a sudden you're 8-8. Eight and eight. You're going to get Boston College at home. You've got to go on the road to play two teams that you've already lost to. And what are you looking at at the end of the month? A month that we thought could have been pretty successful for them. A month that we thought maybe you can go seven and one or six and two, and all of a sudden you're talking about losing, you know, what, the first four, five, six? I feel well, like yeah. you've got to. You, then your season would be over. You've got to start making some in, inroads. Yeah. I, I think we, we talked about six and two being, you know, a, a realistic record in this month, and now all of a sudden you've, you've lost the first two, and, and you've you got to run off six in a row in order to hit that mark. And we, we don't expect them to win six in a row, but you're right. They've got to turn the tide, and they've got to turn it soon. Of the four really good teams in this conference, and I still put Virginia in that mix, and I know they didn't look good the other night against BC, but everybody's going to have a game I, like that. I think that you could probably say they're below the top three, but above everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe not quite as good as the Duke, Louisville, uh, and and Florida State, but they're certainly better than everybody else. Yeah, I, I think that. Like I they're think fourth that's in that group think, of four. Yes, they're fourth in that group of four. I still think that they're in that pack, and and until they, you know, if they lose several games in a row, then we can you know have this conversation again. But you look at their losses: they lost at Purdue, they lost at BC, they lost at home to South Carolina, which was which head scratching. But again, you're you're going to have games like that. Um, but yes, I would agree with you. I think that. This is the most beatable opponent of those four. I'm not sure it's the most winnable game because you're not at home. You're on the road, and Syracuse has struggled down there in Charlottesville. This is a tough matchup for a lot of reasons. Even though Virginia does not shoot the ball all that well from the outside, they are big. And Syracuse struggles with big teams. And even though Virginia is not considered a good rebounding team this year, they were a very good rebounding team in that opener against Syracuse. Dominated the glass. What was it? Plus 19, I want to say, Virginia was in that game. It was... Something like that, yes. It, it was significant. Um, and they've got two seven-footers, and, and Syracuse does not do well with size and strength down low. And this Virginia team Syracuse, has that. Syracuse, yeah, it was plus 19. Plus 19, 47 okay. to 28. Yeah. 47 rebounds. Yikes. So that that's a problem. This is not a great matchup. You're going on the road to a place that you haven't played all that well. I know people are bringing up the fact that Virginia lost, and so they're going to be angry. And I, I don't know how much that plays into it because Syracuse is awfully motivated as well. I mean, Syracuse is playing with a sense of urgency. I would imagine Virginia is playing with a sense of urgency. So that probably cancels you know it, each other out there. In terms of just the matchup, though, Virginia's big. Virginia can rebound. And, and that's been a problem for Syracuse. Now, I, I would expect we're going to see another slugfest, another game in the in the 50s. Um, you know, if Syracuse can get hot, and that's a big if. I mean, because this isn't so much about, we know Joe Girard, Elijah Hughes, and Buddy Beheim can make shots. But as we saw against Virginia Tech, and Virginia's a better defensive team than Virginia Tech, the Hokies got after Syracuse defensively and 
They followed Buddy to the three-point line. They followed Elijah to the three-point line. They were so good in transition, making sure those guys didn't get open looks. Virginia's going to do the same thing. And so it wasn't so much that Syracuse shot the ball poorly against Virginia Tech. They really didn't. It was that they, they had no get, room to breathe. They had no, well, no looks. Well, and that they didn't get a lot of threes off. They didn't 17 get the attempts. Same, they didn't get the same volume of three-pointers right. that they normally do. You know, if, if they had put up the same, uh, I, I don't know, what do, you, what do you want to pick the number, 25? threes that maybe they normally do, you're looking at a different game because the percentage was still there. They they still hit three-pointers. They just didn't shoot right, You're them talking about making rate. 10 of them instead of six of them. Exactly. And, and in a one-possession game, two-possession game, that makes a big difference. Huge. Huge difference. And, and that's what Virginia Tech did a really good job of. They did not necessarily... Uh, make them uncomfortable and cause them to miss threes. They made Syracuse uncomfortable and forced them to not take the threes. Right. And and so I think you're going to see a similar blueprint by opponents throughout the rest of the season, but Virginia is is good enough to execute that blueprint, right? And I think that we're going to need to see Elijah put the ball on the floor, try to get to the basket. I think to some degree you're going to need to see the forwards Marek and Quincy put the ball on the floor and try to get to the basket, and maybe that'll loosen things up a little bit uh, along the three point line for Buddy and Joe. But I, if, I don't, I don't think they can win this game. Play well, they can't. They can't win this game playing the same way they did against Virginia Tech offensively. No, and and we talked with Griff yesterday. If those two guys that you mentioned, Quincy and Marek, can do something inside, and that doesn't necessarily mean post them up and get them some some touches on the block. Inside the three-point arc, like anything. If you if you give Marek the ball at, at 15 feet and he can face up and drive to the basket, you know, same with Quincy. If, if they can make a couple of plays, all of a sudden you've got to respect that so much more. And they've got to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, Quincy I thought played really well in the last game, but Marek only took like seven shots. Five and, shots. Yeah. And, took and five shots. And that's not nearly enough. You know, he, he's got to shoot far more than that. Yeah. And you can tell him to be shoot first, shoot second, shoot third, and I still think He'll be a really good playmaker because that's how hesitant he is to take his shot. But he's got to be looking for it more. And if he can, uh, then you know I think that I, I think that it makes them all the more dynamic. You know, if if he realizes, oh, I'm good enough that I can go score probably 15 points a game. I mean, how much better does that make them if he's going to score 12 or 15 or or 18 points a game? Yeah, I mean, if he can be a consistent double-digit scorer, double-digit threat for this team, obviously it makes them much more difficult to defend. We saw in the opener against Virginia, and I know we need to take a timeout, but just to, to, to wrap this conversation up, Syracuse settled for threes and tough threes. They shot 29 of them. They were 5 for 29 from three-point range. I think if they just settle for threes tomorrow, they're playing right into Virginia's hands. I firmly believe they're going to have to put the ball on the floor. And I know it's easier said than done because Virginia is such a good defensive team. That pack line defense, that whole philosophy, I know it's tough to to drive against them, but I, I, I firmly believe they're going to have to put the ball on the floor. And Elijah and Marek and Quincy, they're going to have to make some plays. Joe's going to have to make some plays from the point guard position, putting the ball on the floor, and then maybe that opens up some good looks for Joe and Buddy and Elijah along the three-point line. We do take a timeout. We've got Damon Dillman from WCAV Television down in Charlottesville set to join us on the other side. We're just getting started here on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. 
All right, Steve and Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We'll take a break from the SU basketball talk to uh, to get the sound check. We haven't done this in a while, Seth. So you've got a, know, you've got got a lot so of material stored up. I got so much. We're just going to skip the open and get right into it. Uh, this one, uh, this one's the most recent one, but it came from last night, and it's fantastic. And if you somehow haven't seen the video that goes with this audio, find the video because it makes it even better. Uh, there is a new family feud that has just started in Canada. And as is apt to happen on Family Feud, there are some terrible answers. Whoever guesses this wins the game. Here we go. Name Popeye's favorite food. Chicken! Oh my god. Show me chicken! Spinach, Jerry. You definitely have to find the video. You have to find the video because it's amazing. She does almost like a like She's a touchdown like, end zone celebration, right? Like she knows she nailed it. She knows it's she was chicken. So confident. So confident and so wrong. So wrong. I also found a video in the break of the bloopers leading up to this. So apparently that question, um, so that happened like neither team got to the right point number, like whatever it is, 260 or 270. I don't even I know. Yeah, I get to 300. Yeah, okay. So it's 300. Neither team got to 300, so they had to do like a sudden death question. And apparently that was like the fifth one that they did because they just kept being terrible at playing Family Feud. They should have like... You know, like in a face-off in hockey, if you know if it doesn't go right, switch them out. Yeah, you switch them out. They, they should have switched them out. After. And they just had to explain it on TV as they cut out all these other questions. Those two were terrible. We swapped them out. You didn't see it. Sorry. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. As mentioned, we've got so much. This was during the uh, the broadcast of the game on TK ninety nine and the uh, Learfield IMG Syracuse Sports Network. All right, I'm going to say it. I mean, say it. I think we're just at the point where the bizarre just feels commonplace. I mean. There's there's two NFL All Pro players here tonight. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Pauly here is getting FaceTimed by award-winning actor and comedian Alec Baldwin just during the break. You know. Yeah. Business as usual here at Cray America. That's just kind of the way. I mean, expect the unexpected when you're talking basketball here in the dome. We're kind of just sidelights to this. Yeah. Thing. I mean, yeah, we're, we're just here to. We're nobody. Hold the back. Nobody's. So apparently Alec Baldwin like likes Paulie Paul, for some yeah, reason. Him and Paulie like hit it off. Like when he you know he's on on the show a few times yeah. and can't can't understand it, can't explain it, but apparently he likes him. Apparently he likes Paulie. It's one of the few people. So I asked him. I said, "Did did he actually call you?" And Paulie said that uh, you know Alec was talking to Daniel, and then Daniel said, "I don't know, Paulie. Here, Alec wants to talk to you." I can't believe Paulie hasn't weaselled his way into getting that number yet. Come on, man. <laughs> Figure that out. Uh, this is a great play-by-play call that uh, Tommy showed me earlier. Well, and then there's one more, that, gone, yes, there's one more yes. gone but not forgotten, and that's our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. At the age of 12, she was run over. Oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? What was that? <laughs> Can you provide some context? <laughs> so, it was a. A high school basketball game, and in the middle of talking about the dead cat, a kid steals the ball, goes down, and dunks on somebody. Goodness gracious! Well, and then there's one Maybe more, the, gone, yes, one more yes. gone but not forgotten, and that's our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. At the age of twelve, she was run over. Oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? 
That's brutal. It's that there. is brutal. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> there's a time and place for that kind of segue. It was too Terrible. soon. Too soon. It's terrible. Uh, let's get to Roy Williams and, and what he had to say. It's probably, I don't think I'd say probably, it's the least gifted team I've ever coached in the time that I've been back here. And so if you're going to be like that, you got to bring your A game. Even though your A game may not even be an A game, you got to bring your best game to play on game day. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it, this is probably surprising because of who said it, right? Not necessarily the substance. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he, he said anything that was unfair. And again, if you're talking about certain coaches out there, they probably say that to their players in practice. And maybe Roy said it to his players in practice to try and motivate him. I think it's because it's Roy Williams. I said this on the show yesterday. When you think of Roy Williams, you think of, you know, Dad Gummit and gosh darn it and you know, we're just we're gonna go out there and we're gonna try to try to fix things and you know, we're gonna be better next time. And you know, he, he said something that was blunt and I think true. And it, it rubs some people the wrong way. And and they're just they're not used to Roy saying that. I don't think he said anything that was controversial, though. You know, no, and he's, I don't he's think trying so. to motivate his team. And again, he probably said that to their faces in practice. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's go back to the Bills playoff game. They went to overtime do we, against do the. We need to? Do yes, we because to? there's this clip. Okay. Uh, the Bills playoff game. They went to overtime against the Houston Texans. The referee was simply explaining the rules of overtime, but said this line that sounded a, a little strange. There must be a winner to the game. <laughs> Especially given how the end of that game went, where you know neither team was doing particularly well, and Josh Allen was running backwards, and uh, it, it was just that seemed to strike a chord. There must, there must be a winner to the game. You know, I didn't know where you were going with this, but as long as you brought it up, I, as I was watching the game live, that actually struck me. I was like, it did, yeah, me I, too. I thought it was odd. I, it, I did, and and I was obviously invested like emotionally into that game. And uh, yeah, he's explaining the rules of overtime. I I thought that was it, it goes without saying, does it not? Well, because be a normally normally they don't have to say that because the game in in the regular season could end in a tie. So right. you've never had to make that but comment I think, before. I think we all know, like a playoff game, there needs to, to, there needs needs to be a winner. To, yes. Uh, well, we all know that, except Donovan McNabb. Yeah. What happens if they tie in a Super Bowl? <laughs> they don't, Donovan. A uh, couple of things from Dave Gettleman uh, from his year-end press conference. Let's start with this one. We have, we're in the process of, we've hired four computer folks, uh, uh, software, and we are completely redoing our back end of our college and pro scouting systems. So this came, like, days after John Mara was like, don't worry, Dave is all in on analytics. He's he he loves it. We've brought in some new analytics people. Uh, you know, we're we're revamping our analytics system and computer folks. Sounds like he doesn't really know what he's talking about. No, it sounds like he has no idea. We have we're in the process of we've hired four computer folks, uh, uh, software, and we are completely redoing our back end of our college and pro scouting systems. This is my favorite part, by the way, where he just kind of sneaks in the word software to make it sound like he knows something. Uh, uh, software. And we are completely redoing our... Like, that was just totally irrelevant. It's a buzzword. Yes, yes. Uh, there's also this great one from uh, from Dave Gettleman talking about the process of interviewing coaches and, uh, you know, what 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 he what he's looking forward to with this perception that maybe he's difficult to work with. You know, I, 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 I don't understand the notion that I'm tough to work with. Um, I think it'd be from people who don't know me. Um... Obviously, as we move forward in the coaching search, it's the dating game. And there'll be that opportunity for them to 
look me in the eye and say, hey, Dave, what up? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Four computer folks. uh, what was the line yesterday about that? Those are the facts, dog. <laughs> Is that what it was? I'll have to find it. But that, yes, that's, that's on the same level as those it are is. the facts, dog. Oh yeah, the the play, the Yankee yeah, player, the Yankee, the Yankee the player lawsuit. said those are the facts, big dog. Yeah, yeah. big dog, yeah. big dog, big dog. Look me in the eye. What up? <laughs> those are those are the facts, big dog. What up, Dave? Uh, this is uh this is Justin Fuente and Steve. I want to ask you if this reminds you of another great sound check clip that we've had in the past. Good. First of all, sorry for your loss, but I wanted to ask you. On That's that. okay. Nobody passed away. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your sympathy. <laughs> Talk about the laugh. Yes. The Kawhi Leonard laugh. <laughs> Good. First of all, sorry for your loss, but I wanted to ask you on That's that. okay. Nobody passed away. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was like a laugh and a cough at like that the same time. That was really awkward. Um, also, who's asking that question? I'm sorry for your loss. They lost like the Belk Bowl. Maybe somebody who's not uh, a seasoned interviewer. I think so. Um, and because we mentioned this yesterday, I had to go dig out the clip. Mike H., the new coach at Mississippi oh, State, it. talking about loud stadiums. Yes. Oklahoma's louder. A&M's louder. Texas is on the bubble. Nebraska was definitely louder. LSU's louder. I, ne- I never went to Alabama. We beat Alabama, but it was at Kentucky. Uh, depending whether or not you had the Cowbells, uh, Mississippi State's comparable. Uh, Georgia's louder, Florida's louder. Definitely that one end zone in South Carolina's louder. <laughs> Tennessee's louder. Little Rock, Arkansas, that's the last place I ever played. Um, uh, entirely concrete structure. It's as if you had a football game in the neighbor's basement and all the kids were yelling louder than hell. And um, and you could tell when you were starting out, you know, you'd clap your hands and you'd hear it five times and yell, go, 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 hit, 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 hit. Well, then after, after um, you know, and you figure there's 45,000, you multiply that times five, that equals approximately 250,000. That's a lot of people, and there's no stadiums to hold 250,000 people. So 250,000 people are louder than 100,000 people. That's he is, amazing, he is Matt. One of a kind. That is. That is some amazing, like, mind-bending math to get to that answer of, yeah, there are 250,000 people in that stadium. We were wrong, by the way. We thought it was Mississippi State had the one end zone. It was South Carolina that had the one end zone. I I never went to Alabama. We beat Alabama, but it was at Kentucky. Depending whether or not you had the Cowbells, uh, Mississippi State's comparable. Did you see him get off the plane yesterday with the cowbell? I was going to say, he came off, you know... uh, Yeah, ringing ringing, the cowbell. Ringing the cowbell. That was pretty good. The one stadium at... at, uh, The the one end zone in South Carolina. That was... We were wrong. We thought it was Mississippi State. Well, and there's one more... There's one more gone but not forgotten, and that's our sweet sweet Lucy. At the age of 12, she was run over in our driveway. Oh, Oh! Like that? Was she run over like that? So is that a kid calling the game? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it's an adult, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like the color guy is definitely an adult. I'm not sure about the the play-by-play guy. We'll have to ask. We'll have to look around. That's your favorite one from today. Yes. It's amazing. You have a sick sense of humor. Come on. That's amazing. You don't think that's funny? I mean, 
it's kind of crazy. Like, I would never do... I did not do that when a kid went up for three dunk attempts in the game that, that I broadcast last night. But, you know, I think it's funny to listen to. It makes me want to cringe. It is cringeworthy. It, it is. is. Like, That's what, that, was my reaction. That? that was my reaction the first time I heard it, and then I started laughing at it. Yeah. All right. You have a sixth sense of humor. All right. We got to take a time out. We'll kick off hour number two right after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, so we're picking Virginia over Syracuse. Don't think it's a great matchup for the Orange. Uh, we're brought to you in part by Burdick BMW, by the way. Uh, we've got to get to the rest of our, our picks. We the do. four NFL games and the national championship college football game on Monday. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the four NFL games. Let, let's just kind of go in order of the games this weekend. Okay. Uh, we'll start out with Minnesota and San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, a seven-point favorite. So I think the the Niners are the favorites to to make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They've got home field advantage. They've got that really good defense. Do I feel that that they are that much better than everybody over there? I don't. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Vikings keep it within a touchdown. See, I don't think that they are that much better than everybody. But but this I particular think, team, I do think they are that much better than Minnesota. I do think they are that much better than Minnesota. So I'm going to take San Francisco because um, I still don't trust Kirk Cousins. Uh, I still don't trust Kirk Cousins. He didn't I, win I, you over last week? No, he made like two good throws. He did. And that's all he had to do. And the Saints were were just a mess, and the Vikings defense played well enough um, you know, to to lock down Drew Brees and, and didn't allow him to, to kind of get comfortable and make the big play. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the... I think that the the San Francisco offense is probably just as multidimensional and could probably do some things that uh, create some problems for the Vikings defense. So I'm I'm going to go with uh, San Francisco. On I'm going to be honest with you. Um, part of my motivation is I know I need to make up some ground, and I know that you hate Kirk Cousins. So I thought so you, you were going to I thought you, you were going to go Niners there. So so yeah, I, went, I, I went Vikings. I have uh, I have an eight game lead on you. Yes, I know. It's not pretty. You've been on fire lately. Yeah, uh, twenty two six and one since mid November. Why are you still working here? You should just go out and become a professional gambler like you James know, from Jeopardy. You know the minute I do that, I'm losing all of them. Every last one of them. I do still have to cash in my Giants ticket, too. I hit on that. For what? Like 30 bucks? No, I hit 30. Come on. It was a $10 bet. $10 bet. All right, you can't quit with that. <laughs> no. No, I cannot. All right. Uh, where, where are <laughs> we going next? The next game is, uh, is the Titans... Uh, the Titans and the Ravens. The the Titans are nine and a half point, uh, or I should say, the Ravens are nine and a half point favorites uh, in this one. Uh, Lamar Jackson and and uh, Baltimore at home, as they will be throughout the playoffs. I think the Ravens are going to smoke them. I do. I think that Lamar Jackson. I mean, they've been off. Um, I, I think that they're the best team in the AFC, and and maybe by a wide margin. Um, I I don't think this game's going to be close. Give me the Ravens. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to win this game, and I think that they're going to win it like being ahead the entire time. Uh, nine and a half seems like a lot to it me. It is a lot. And so I don't know that they're necessarily going to win by nine and a half because I think that both teams kind of, uh, both teams are run heavy. I don't think. I know. Both teams are run heavy. And I just kind of wonder how many possessions there are going to be in the game. Um, you know, you, you look at what Tennessee did to New England and they ran Derrick Henry like every single time. 
and it led to some like seven, eight-minute scoreless drives. So, so I don't know exactly how many drives there will be in the game. So I'm I'm going to take Tennessee with the nine and a half, um, and just kind of say that I, I don't think there'll be enough possessions for the for the Ravens to win by ten. Yeah, I, I mean I I know where you're coming from, but do you think that the Titans are going to score more than fourteen points? In this game, I mean that's what they did against the Patriots. No, and, but if they score, no. Right, but, but so so with that in mind, you look at their. They had twenty eight against the Steelers, thirty one against the Browns, forty two against the Jets. They did only have twenty four against my Buffalo Bills. I know, but were um, any of those? But were any of those teams running the ball seventy five percent of the I, time? I understand where you're coming from, but they're you know uh, they went through a stretch where they scored forty one against the Texans, forty five against the Rams, forty nine sure. against the Bengals. They score a lot of points. Sure, uh, thirty seven against the Patriots, thirty against the Seahawks. My point is the Ravens score a lot. Uh, no, highest they, scoring team in the NFL. I I don't think the Titans are going to be able to keep up with them. They do, and I think. But I th- but that last thing that you said is th- is the thing that I think is important. I think those other teams were attempting to keep up with them. I think that the Titans are going to try and play this game differently and slow it try down. Try to shorten the game. Yeah, try and okay. shorten the game as much as you Fair can. Enough. And Listen, that, that could create problems. It's another different pick between us. I like yeah, you're it. you're fine I, with it. I, I like it so far. All right, where are we going next? Uh, let's head to uh, to Green Bay, where the Packers are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Packers are, uh, or sorry, let's go to Kansas City uh, first, because uh, the Seahawks game is the last one. Kansas City uh, at home against Houston, Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites in this one. Yeah, I think the uh, the gap between the Ravens and Titans is wider than the gap between uh, the the Chiefs and the Texans, and so I'm I'm slightly surprised that it's the same line. Um, I like Deshaun Watson a lot, and I know that he wasn't overly impressive last week against the Bills, but he, he made some big plays, obviously, when he needed to in that second half, and, and certainly in overtime as he set up the game-winning field goal. I, I think they're able to keep it within the, the 10 points. I'll uh, I'll take the, the Texans to, to keep it close. See, and I go the other way in this one. I, I think that this is going to be I think that this is going to be a game where uh, you're just having two teams going back and forth, and and much like what you mentioned with some of those Ravens scores, um, and I think Houston was one of the ones that you did mention, right? Where where Baltimore put up a whole bunch of points on Houston. Um, I think that they're going to try and keep up and go back and forth with them, and, and it's going to create more possessions. It's going to create more opportunities, and I think that Kansas City will keep scoring, and so they they could win by a couple of possessions. So I think I'm going to take, I, I take Houston, uh, I do Kansas think, City. I, I do think the Texans' defense is better. And, you know, just having J.J. Watt out there, and he's certainly not 100%, but the fact that you have to account for him, and he was disruptive at times uh, last week against the Bills. So I know the Texans have had a rough year from a, a defensive perspective, um, but I do think they're a little bit better now with J.J. Watt back and and the fact that the, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to account for him. So, um yeah, I, th- I think the Texans could keep it within 10 points. And um, again, I'm glad we have another uh, different pick. Let's yeah, see if you're we can go right four for this. four here. Uh, Seattle and Green Bay is the last game. It's in Green Bay, and the Packers are four and a half point favorites at home. And, and by the way, um, we should mention the Texans beat the Chiefs in Kansas City already once this year. So They did. We'll, uh, we'll have to see how this one plays out. Um, I think this is going to be a field goal game. You know, I I think the Packers probably win, but this has the feel of a game. It's you know Rodgers against you know Russell Wilson, and I I think this one's going to go right down to the wire. It's going to come down to a kick, one way or the other. Give me the Seahawks. I think Seattle's better, and so I think that they're probably going to go in and win. And so I'm going to take them with the four and a half points. All right, fair enough. We both got Seattle there. Uh, we throw on the the championship game at, or are we yeah. save that for Monday. No, let's okay. go for it. Uh, LSU and Clemson, of course. LSU, obviously the favorite. They are a six point favorite in this game, uh, right in their backyard in New Orleans. I need I need all the opportunities I can get to make up some ground. So let's let's do this this pick as well. Um, I think you're going to pick Clemson, uh, but that's not. 
picking LSU. I, I just I, I think that that Joe Burrow and that offense. I, I just think they're too much. And what they did in the semifinal game. And I, I realize that Oklahoma is not Clemson. Um, the Clemson defense is better. But man, LSU looked impressive. Um, I, I'll I'll take LSU. I, I think LSU wins this game by double figures. I'm taking Clemson. I You're right. You uh, you thought right, and uh, I, I'm not taking it just to be different. I think that this Clemson team uh, has been slept on all year long. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best team in the country, um, but I I think that they are a lot better than everybody seems to think that they are, and have been a lot better than everybody thinks that they were uh, the, over the course of this season. I think I still think Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback. I think he Travis Etienne is incredible, and their wide receivers are. I'm phenomenal. not worried about their NFL offense. Receivers. I'm worried about their defense, and that's fine. Uh, I. I think that they'll be able to put up points. I think they'll be able to match uh, and and hang with this LSU team. The Clemson defense has been really good in the red zone, and they did it again to Ohio State, where um, Ohio State got into the red zone three times and did not score a touchdown. And then they got very close to the red zone on the final drive of the game when they needed a touchdown, and they threw an interception in the end zone. So this Clemson defense, maybe they'll let you move up and down the field, but ultimately they're stopping you. Yeah. And you know that that defense does not get beaten in the red zone. When the field gets short and you get closer to the end zone, um, that defense doesn't get beaten. And I, I think that's a really important thing. And and look, if if a couple of touchdowns end up as field goals instead, this game's yeah. a whole lot closer. Sure. And I just I don't love that bend but don't break philosophy against the best offense in the country. You know what I mean? Like I think that sure. works against a lot of teams. I'm not sure the bend but don't break will work against LSU. So I, I think you're spot on with. You know, your assessment of, of Clemson and that defense, and they've been so good in the red zone. Um, but I think this particular offense is going to find a way to to get into the end zone uh, yeah, and, 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 and get into the end zone often and against look, what's, Clemson. What's one of the best things about watching LSU this year is that they've gotten big plays. Yeah. They, they haven't waited to get down to the red zone to score. They've scored from 50, 60, 70 yards out. Sure. Yeah. I, I think LSU is going to win. I think and, either way, it's a fun game. Like I, I think it's going to be a really good game. In fact, we cover the ACC. I would, I would love to see Clemson win this game. Um, I like Dabo a lot as well. I like Ed Orgeron a lot too, though. Me too. Um, I, I just think I LSU's do an Ed better. Orgeron only sound check at some point. <laughs> just see if we can understand what he's trying to say. All right, so we got four out of five picks different. So yes, we hopefully do. I'll make up some ground. We'll see how it goes. We do have or to take I'll a just time extend out. My lead. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, well, I got nothing to lose. You're, you're, either way, you're going to win. Depending so. on how much, <laughs> depending on how much more it gets extended, like doesn't really matter. I know. I know. All right, we got to take a time out. We've got today's business coming up next on ESPN Radio.